Hello, welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the podcasting table with my lovely co-host, Kathy Waite. Hi, everybody. We're taking you through our seasonal training methods and progressions to make you a fitter and faster rider. And we are on to the last episode of season one, episode number 48, uh, the show. And we are going to be talking about season review strategies. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, because most people's seasons are winding down or maybe lack thereof a season. But it's still a training season. It's still a training still season. still a writing season. Absolutely. And so we're going to talk about uh, how best to look at your past mm-hmm. data and what kind of things to try to pull out of that so yeah. to help you plan for the next season. I found it really fascinating. Cool. Yeah. yeah. We, we unlocked some yeah, things. Yeah, we uncovered some uncovered mysteries. <laughs> in your own plan. And, um, and I recently just wrote a, a blog post on our website, weightendurance.com. Um, scroll to the bottom. You'll see the latest posts and d- discussing this exact very thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we're, I'm going to take a lot of it almost word for word in a way. You'll get a bit more out because I tend to ramble in this kind of venue here. But more importantly, there's the graphical representations of some of the graphs that we'll mention in right, there too. Right. So some people read and learn better. Some people listen and learn better. Yeah. So. And when we're talking about these graphs, it's very visual. So it's mm-hmm. going to be hard to maybe follow along over an audio format. So if you want to pull up our the blog post I wrote, you will see the actual graphs we'll be referring to later on. So. Or if you're in front of your computer, just uh, when we get to the part where we're talking about the graphs, open up Training Peaks and look yourself. Yeah, you can do that it, for sure. I had to yell for you to come into the kitchen and help me today. To I couldn't remember what I was doing. So it was very helpful to have you walk me through using the functionality that Training Peaks offers for this um, strategy. Cool. Yeah, and that was great practice because that's exactly what I'm going to do here for our listeners is walk them through how they can do it, how to use Training Peaks and um, what to pull out of the the data. So, okay. Uh, Before that, some announcements. Um, I mean, I have two announcements, basically. One we've mentioned before, we have our 16th annual Base Builder Program, which is now fully remote um, and officially begins October 5th, Monday, October 5th. Uh, so those of you that want to train along with us in real time, so to speak, like week to week, and that's what like our podcast will follow along with and all those sorts of things, that would be the time to consider starting up with us. However, you don't have to do that. You can start up a month later, two months later, I mean, even after the new year if you want, and just know that you'll be behind what we're talking about. But if you listen to our podcast and watch our videos that will accompany the program, and all those sorts of things, you you will mm-hmm. be on track for your own season. So, and we have some more podcasts coming up that'll really detail how how that works and uh, what people can well, expect. It's a, it's a really like soft start. So it's I would encourage everyone just to begin with us. It's mostly going to be just fun, easy riding outside, and the new stuff will be the the strength program. <clears throat> and right. we're gonna I think we're gonna use this new app, uh, Train Heroic. So stay tuned for more information about that. In the meantime. Get those few pieces of equipment you're going to want for your house. So a stability ball is really key. One of those physio balls, they're also called. Swiss ball, Swiss yeah, the ball. big inflated ball. Yeah. Easy place to get it is one of those, um, what are the overflow, what are those sh- stores called? Like TJ, yeah, No, like TJ Ross and, or TJ Maxx and Ross and Marshalls. Marshalls. It's like they have like $20 or less for s- certain things like balls and bands and things there. So that's a really good place to go and. The demand for equipment is so high right now. Right. 
yeah, fitness equipment. Is it a premium? Yeah. But I was able to find, I found a, a stability ball that I got for our RV before our RV trips okay. over the summer um, at Playdigan Sports that right. just happens to be right by our house. But they had one and it was good and it was cheap. It was like 20 bucks or something. Yeah. So, um, and they also had some bands and at the time, midsummer, I mean, they had some weights and things too. I was just there the other day. They had no weights left. Oh, okay. Well, the one pound dumbbells, but um, like a set of lightweight dumbbells and a heavy set of dumbbells or... The same for um, kettlebells, a lightweight kettlebell and a heavy kettlebell. That'd be great to have. You don't need a lot, but it will be helpful if you have a few things. Yeah. So ask your relatives, friends that maybe had stuff and don't use it anymore or scour Craigslist or whatever. Start compiling your strength training equipment for this for the base builder program. So yeah. That'll be good. I'm excited to see the new strength training. Yeah, the app you mentioned looks really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's going to um, be great. I can upload videos per, um, per exercise movement and I'm revamping all the core sets and adding some new stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm really busy this week doing cool. doing the new work. But Yeah, and we have some new twists and turns and additions to the cycling program as well. Um, and like you said, it we do begin October 5th, but it is a very, the whole program is extremely progressive, meaning it starts easy, low volume, low intensity, Mm -hmm. and it gradually builds over the six months. So it's not like you have to be all in beginning in October, like full on training. Because where we're at, you and I right now, is like we're in the midst of our week off break Mm -hmm. that we talked about in the last last podcast. And then we're going to take the rest of September, three months, which is going to be... Three weeks. There's three months. Yeah, three (laughs) weeks. um, Very, very, very light. Like... yeah. Like you just said, it's just going to be like casual, fun, easy riding here and there, gradually kind of returning to riding. And then by October, we will be, quote, training on the bike, but it's going to be very manageable, very mm-hmm. doable. And if you recover properly and rest in September, you're going to be more than eager and ready by October. And then you can gradually build through those next six months. So when spring hits, you're in really good shape. So Exactly. Uh, but let's not beat, beat that drum too much here because we will have a lot more coming up on that. Um Another announcement is we're going to open up some fall fundraising for our redevelopment um, junior and U23 mountain bike team. We did a fundraiser back last spring, um, and we want to do a couple more kind of going into this fall, winter, and then again in spring season. And what we like to do is sort of encourage our followers and people that want to support the up-and-coming um youth mountain biking in in America is tie in some nice little bonuses to incentivize people to donate and still feel like not only are you helping junior development, but you're also kind of getting something for yourself. So similar to a fundraiser like on NPR where you get the gift bag and all that kind of stuff. um, Well, you're you're actually tying this in very well with the onset of the Base Builder program. So yeah, I want to really incentivize people. So for a $2,000 donation to the team, which is a lot, um, we are going to throw in a base builder program, which the you know quote-unquote retail value is a little over 600 bucks. So donate two grand. It's a tax write-off. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. The WE Development team mm-hmm. is, that is. Um, so it's, it is a tax write-off. Yeah, I'll send a tax receipt. You get a tax receipt. Um, you feel good about helping juniors. All the money that goes into the WE Development bank account goes to helping the team in some form or fashion, whether it's getting clothing, whether it's, you know, uh, getting a hotel or a condo for an event, mm-hmm. um, like we did over the summer with training camps, 
um, some equipment. We've subsidized some training fees for some riders. We've um, you know done a number of things. Um, yeah, know, it's put to very good use. Very good use for our junior team. So um, any donations are appreciated, and you can donate anytime throughout the year on our website on the We We Devo page on our website. Um, any dollar amount you like, but we just wanted to offer a couple premium level donation options for people that are thinking maybe already, I, I want to do the base builder, throw in some additional money, you get to help juniors and it's a tax write off. So, so 2000 bucks gets you the base builder program. If you want to do a $1,000 donation, we'll, we can include a base builder plan. So one of our stock base builder training plans. So we do have a 24 week version one, that one sells for $200. And it's very similar. It's not exactly the same because we are making some changes and adjustments to our latest version coming up, but it's very similar. So if you were to have that added to your training peaks, follow along week to week of what we're doing here, it's going to be a lot of the same concepts, if not, um, you know, even some of the same workouts in some cases. And anything we address in the upcoming podcast series in season two, you could implement yourself too. So, um, so yeah, so if you are thinking of training with us anyway, you know maybe you have a junior rider that um, is maybe going to become part of the We Devo team for 2021, um, or you just want to help support junior cycling. That's but how does someone do, do this donation? I don't think you have a, a button up on. I'll put a link. I'll create a button um, and put a link in the show notes here, okay. and then I'm in in process of creating a post on our um, website. That'll do it very easily too. Gotcha. So it'll okay. be through PayPal. It goes directly to the WeDevo account, five hundred one c three nonprofit, and then you'll get the message that yep, they donated, send a tax and you send the tax receipt back to them. So, and then I can get them connected on Training Peaks with the, with their training plan option. So, um, so a couple of fun things to think about in terms of announcements. Um, okay, what have we been up to this week? Yeah, who wants to start? Um, I will. Okay. Okay, so. You did your testing the previous week, and in the last ap- episode of our podcast, you talked about your results. Yes. And I had I had not done any kind of testing, and I I did a bunch of stuff this week. So I feel pretty good about it. I'm proud of myself because I, I realized on Monday morning that I actually had no motivation left. <laughs> <laughs> but yet I hadn't done any testing, so I had to really pull myself up by my bootstraps. Okay. And not to interrupt, but a lot of our Season Salvation Plan followers have likely done their test last week as well. Oh, okay. Or they're maybe doing it this week, depending on when they started things. So this. Well, good job to everybody that made well. themselves test because it is hard. I oh, yeah. I, about a week ago, I still felt like incredibly motivated to ride and push myself. And I, I just should have done the testing the week before when you were doing it. Like, I can't remember why I didn't, to be honest. But uh, Monday morning, I woke up and said, oh, my gosh, I better I better tackle that anaerobic power test or, or I'm the week's going to get away from me. And I'm going to get sore, tired, and not have the motivation. Okay. So my plan on Monday morning was I was not going to do the 20-minute aerobic test. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because I get too nervous knowing that I'm going to do the four-minute all-out, the one-minute all-out. After the 20-minute After the 20-minute, okay. as we do in our trainer class. Yeah. And I said, I've realized it just does not work for me. Like, it's a waste of my 20 minutes. Okay. Because I can't keep my heart rate down. Yeah. So you can break it up, and anyone can choose to break it up like mm-hmm. that in different days or um, however they want to do it. Yeah, I, was just, I just get too nervous. So I decided just to tackle the four-minute all-out and the one-minute all-out. Okay. I rode my mountain bike, but on the road, and I... 
meandered about a half an hour over to Highway 40, which isn't too far away from here. Okay. And I, you know, did some like pickups and stuff on the way over there. I felt I felt pretty good and ready by the time I got to Highway 40. Okay. It was the first time I'd done the test on that road, but it felt like it was going to be the right place, and it, it t- turned out to be a nice grade, even consistent grade. So that worked out well, and. I just went for it. I, I just didn't overthink it. I, I said to myself, when I see that little speed limit sign, I'm just going to hit lap and go. Okay. And um, I, I did great. I got 284 watts for the four minutes. Okay. That was my average. I kept it very consistent, too. Like, I didn't overshoot it, and I just hung on for dear life at the end. It was actually sort of embarrassing because I ended up catching this guy on his road bike five seconds before the end of four minutes. Oh, so you like flew by him and then like stopped Oh yeah, I'm sure he thought (laughs) like, what a weirdo. Right. What is she (laughs) doing? I really wanted to tell him I'm sorry. Yeah, that happens. If you do it on a popular route, that happens. It was, it was pretty funny. (laughs) So that, that, that was a hard effort. I, I, um, increased 11 watts from when I tested at the beginning of May. Okay. I was really happy with that. that's solid. Yeah. Yeah. And it hurt big time. So I decided to, Spin back down Highway 40 and then go back to the Dinosaur Ridge Road, which any locals will know that is. It's a it's a road that has no cars on it. It's um, for geological nerds to walk up and down and look at dinosaur stuff. Relics, yeah. Yeah. I love riding my bike up this road for intervals. It's great for short intervals. Now, the confession is that I spe- specifically went over there because of our people, and I knew that would be sort of motivating for me okay. for one minute. As if they were going to care and cheer for me. But in my head, <laughs> they would be. So okay. I, t- it took me about 10 minutes to get over there, which was a little longer than I was going to take as my rest, but fine. Yeah. And I went all out, and I got 424 watts, which was only three watts better than May. Okay. Slightly disappointing, but it was okay. At least I matched it, basically. Right, right. Um, so that took my FTP from 189 watts in May to 201. Okay. So it went up 12 watts. I yeah. Felt, I felt pretty good about that. Yeah, that's not bad. No. Especially because, like, that morning I just didn't even feel that great. I, I really needed one more day to rest, but I was afraid I would just not get it done if I right. kept... Sometimes you just kind of yeah, get it done. Yeah, I just went for it. Cool. Yeah. Well done. And Thank then you, sir. you did some other tests. Yeah, the next day, Tuesday, I rode my friend, Christine, and did more than I meant to because that's how she is. <laughs> but Wednesday, I said that would be a good day for the aerobic test, and I... So it's the twenty minutes, the twenty minutes, eighty percent of max heart rate. Yes, yeah. And I again did that on my mountain bike just because it's the most comfortable for me. Um, where did I go? Oh, I think I went back to Highway Forty. Okay. And I started way at the bottom because I was nervous I'd run out of space before you hit that um, the flat stop part. sign at the yeah. top. And it, it was amazing. I did uh, one hundred eighty-one watts for twenty minutes, and I have never gotten out of the one sixties for my aerobic test. Wow. Okay. So it was actually eighteen watts better than in May. Okay. And I went back and looked at like the previous three tests that I had never gotten out of the one sixties. Good. I have no. I just couldn't believe it. So aerobically, you really improved. I I improved amazingly. The four minute one, you improved a solid amount, which is the four minute one is like that transition between like anaerobic and aerobic mm-hmm. energy systems. So that makes sense. And then your anaerobic one-minute effort didn't improve yeah. much. I mean, a couple watts. But So that trend makes sense that yeah. um, you're doing that. So aerobically, you gained a lot of fitness. Which is the most important. I was yeah. a little surprised I wasn't better at my one-minute test because I've been doing that sprint workout mm-hmm. like every week for like many weeks, and I was crushing it. Right. <laughs> so I thought I would, but I just didn't. Well, the one-minute one in particular requires – 
enormous motivation. Like if you just don't have like the motivation, it you might not see the yeah. full effects. But that could have been. I mean, it, you saw improvement. It's so. fine. I, I I felt very good about the test on Monday and the test on Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Then Friday. I decided to go for QOM. Well, I knew I couldn't really get the Strava QOM for this particular route because our daughter Sophia has it, and I could just tell I wasn't going to get it. But okay. it is a challenging climb over on our local trails called Green Mountain, and it's the fire road. So any yep. local person listening knows what I'm talking about. Yep. It's brutal. You just got the KOM in 801. Right. Right? Yeah, it's one mile, almost exactly. It's 12% grade. 12% grade. Um, it's brutal. Yeah, gravel road, 12% grade, so... Well, I made the mistake on Friday of waiting too long. So by the time I got over there, it was around 9 o'clock in the morning. Very stupid. I should have gone like at 7 when it was cooler. But I gave it all I got, and I did 11 minutes and 16 seconds. I did snag second place on the QOM board. I felt pretty good about that. Nice. And it did confirm that um, my power test numbers were pretty accurate. Uh, the 8-minute power on the spreadsheet that you have. Mm-hmm said that I could hold 261 watts for eight minutes. Okay. And I held 246 for 11. Okay, which yeah. is, makes I, sense. I mean, I didn't do any fancy math there, but yeah. it seems about right. Maybe a little bit under what I could have done, but I just really faded those last two minutes. Like, had we finished on that last turn, I'd have been good. Yeah, well, it's very steep. It's a big muscular effort as well. So. Yeah, I, I faded a bit. Yeah. So Sophia's QOM is safe, which I knew it would be. <laughs> uh, but I feel pretty good about that. And then uh, Sunday, Sunday I did one more, which was Lookout Mountain for time. And all I've probably ridden that road a hundred times, and I've never done it for time. Okay. I always go there for aerobic yeah. work, endurance intervals. I took my road bike, which isn't as comfortable for me, but it. I wanted to give it a go on my on my road bike to see actually what, what my time could be, not just my power. Mm-hmm. It was very windy that morning. So it was a bit discouraging even riding over there, but I had already taken the beta red and I had to get that out of my system. So I was going to go hard no matter what. Okay. And um, I had hoped to hold like 220 watts, but I only could hold 214. Pretty good. Pretty close. But yeah. it wasn't quite what I was looking for. And my time was 2642, which was, it felt a little disappointing because I think I could do 25 if it hadn't been so windy. Mm-hmm. And, my tummy was a little upset for some reason. It was I was kind of off on Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, and the air quality with the fires are, is not good either. Yeah, it was. I mean, not to give all these excuses, but right. just like realistically, it was very hot and it was smoky from the fires. My stomach was upset for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. Okay. Um, but I gave it I gave it my best and I was close to my 32-minute power. Yeah. It was supposed to be 219 and I held 214 for a little bit less minutes. So I was, I was almost there. Yeah, yeah. And what's great about these, and I mentioned this in the last podcast when we kind of broke mine down was that the fire road gets you this th- that particular interval got you an 11 minute max effort so pretty close to 10 minutes because mm-hmm. a 10 minute max power effort is kind of one of the benchmarks um in, in terms of testing within training peaks as is a 20 minute test so you know 26 42 that's obviously longer than 20 minutes but you can kind of pull out your best 20 minutes and figure it's maybe a tad higher if you were to just go 20. Right. But long story short, to get a 10 and a 20-minute data point is very useful. I mean, it's similar to how we get our anaerobic power data points at one and four minutes and can extrapolate mm-hmm. the different durations. This is like another way to do it with larger intervals that are possibly slightly more accurate even. Um, 
and just to collect data. And if you're ever to do this again, like next year, mm-hmm. you can compare or even two years or three years from now. So Overall, the week was a huge success for me. Yeah. First of all, just mentally that I was willing to do this because I was struggling to want to once I decided I was going to. And I stuck with it. And I mean, four hard efforts in a week is a lot. Yeah. So I feel very proud about that. And the, the yeah, the data from the two all-out attempts on Green Mountain and Lookout really did prove that my testing my testing protocol, my testing results were... Lined up pretty accurately. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, that's great too. So yeah, I mean, anytime you do the, the one in four minute test that we do and someone gets a abnormally high or low like FTP out of the fatigue rate and all mm-hmm. that stuff like we've talked about, doing these test efforts will help validate... Mm-hmm the accuracy of that, you know, of your other tests. So, I mean, it's great. Yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah, so hopefully our listeners following our season salvation plan, wrapping that up, you know, if they haven't tested already, this will, and they've been kind of hemming and hawing over it, maybe this will give them a little motivation. (laughs) Just go for it. Just get it done. Honestly, if you drink one of those kind of like race prep drinks like beta red or i'm sure there's a hundred other ones right it sort of makes you do it like oh crap i'm gonna be like shaking in a second (laughs) i better go out the door and do something beta red for those who are unfamiliar it's a it's a beet root powder that you mix into water and it also has beta alanine which is a um like an amino acid that helps kind of dilate blood vessels and oh you can feel it you start tingling all over about 30 minutes after you take it yeah so there's no caffeine per se in there but it does open things up and yeah it like you gets your weird. blood flowing which yeah is, so it's it's a pretty cool product so. for me it makes me like commit to it i drank it i better get out the door and and burn this off yeah it's made by um enduro bites mm-hmm. actually out of i think out of colorado springs yeah kind there, of it's a great local. product really good product so check it out if you're looking for a pre-interval pre-race pick-me-up kind of mm-hmm. drink um it's a good one we do um, well, good. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you, sir. It was good to get the data, and then that'll kind of correspond into our season review, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, it was. And the learnings of that. For sure. So as how far was, as me. Yeah, how um, was your week? I uh, wrapped up the week. I'm trying to even remember. I, you didn't ride your mic that much this week, right? You were kind no, of. I did some sort of. When did I do the lookout test? Oh, my gosh. I, I, I totally lost track. Lost. Yeah. I did a couple hard efforts. Um on the mountain bike. That's right. I did like a Mount Falcon, which is our local 20 minute mountain bike climb, like technical mountain bike climb. Um, and I did, I think I did the fire road on Monday. Yeah. Like you got your 801. Yeah. So I don't know if, if I had talked about that, but yeah, I did the fire road, which is an eight minute effort. And the Mount Falcon one was like a hair over 20 minute effort. Um, for you, I, <laughs> let's just clarify for Cody Wait, That's how long it takes. Yeah. Him. Just to get more data points. And it was like the final quote unquote racing of the well, season. So. You smashed yeah, every did. single effort you did. I yeah, think. it was great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And then I kind of rested a few days and then got to do my one and only race of the whole season <laughs> with the, uh, 10 hours of Willow Springs. Which is everyone's heard of it. Yeah, everyone's heard of it. it no, it's a it's a n- local neighborhood race, fourth annual though. To be fair, over at the Willow Springs neighborhood, which is right on right at the edge of the mountains, um, like leaving kind of tucked into red rocks. Yeah, and um, it's a they have their own private trail systems, which are really really nice. So just an opportunity to go ride there was one reason, and then a friend of mine invited me that um, lives over there to be a part of his team. So they do these four-man or four-person relays. And um, it was great. I got um, Nico, one of the young riders on our team, to come with mm-hmm. me as well. So we kind of like stacked the 
the teams a little bit. Um, it was all in good fun, though. But we basically did, it was um, eight hours, even though it's called ten hours because they have these two, like, bonus hours where you can have two people on the course mm-hmm. for two different single hours. So it adds up to ten hours um, of doing this five-mile lap with about a 1,000 feet of climbing per lap. And it's fun riding, like, technical, to, you know, semi-technical to technical climbing and twisty descending and um we ended up i got in like six laps um going basically as hard as i can for six laps and um over spread over the hours so it, it was really fun so it was well, fun yeah, just you to and nico were it. so amazing our girlfriend christine who lives over there says that everyone's talking about the two of you <laughs> well we kind of came in as as guests and then, <laughs> yeah and just yeah really took, took the neighborhood race up like, a, up threw a down but it was really fun yeah i guess Nico got a KOM. Well, yeah, he had the fastest lap, single lap of the day. Um, What's crazy about that is he's never ridden there. And those trails are pretty tricky. You can, like, fly off the trail into the woods if you're not careful. Yeah, he's a great bike rider, so I'm not surprised at all. um, Yeah, I'm in awe. So good job to both of you. And it was fun to come out and cheer and support the group because it's it's a fundraiser for their trails. Yeah, it's a fundraiser. I think they said they raised, like, 15,000 bucks or something um, that they put back to maintaining and building their trails out there. So really cool. Um, And it was just a good time. So, uh, and that was sort of the last day of my season, essentially. So um, yeah, you were pretty toast after that. It was super hot out. It was really hot. And now I'm just going into a rest week this week. of Yeah, watching Tour de France and getting caught up on computer work. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um... Well, let's get into the main topic, season review strategies. That's the name of the blog post, like I mentioned earlier. So go check it out, weightendurance.com. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage. You'll find it. it has some graphs and the images. Click on it, and you can kind of read along and see visually what we're talking about too. Um, but, I mean, in a nutshell, when you finish up your season, your current season, you want to take some time we talked about in the last episode, you know, one to two, maybe three weeks kind of away from the bike mm-hmm. as a break. Use that time where you're not riding much, if any, to think about your season, right? Think about it in your head, pull out your computer, pull, you know, if you have a Training Peaks account, pull that up. Let's look at all the data that shows you very clearly how much work you did, what you accomplished, what maybe what you didn't accomplish. And you can also think about like what went well throughout the season and what maybe didn't go so well or what where did you struggle or have weak points that you can improve upon so all that information then you can apply towards building your next season the training plan and picking races and eventually goal setting we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks and months ahead here but um that first step is reviewing Mm -hmm. your past season and i think i had undervalued that concept until today when i pulled open training peaks and reviewed with you my season. Yeah. I, I'm really kind of like amazed. Like if you would have asked me this first question that you're going to reference in a second, which was how successful were you in building your fitness over the base training months? I would have said, Oh, I did pretty well. Right. But we saw from the data, I didn't do pretty well. I did pretty well. I didn't do amazingly. Like I really wanted to do. There were some inconsistencies that you could definitely improve upon. So it's like those silly memes you see on social media like perception versus reality you know right. the silly things like a crossfitter perception mm-hmm. reality well that's how this this was for me like the perception of how my year went is is not at all what the reality of the data was right interesting so it's very fascinating to me so yeah take the time take the time to 
to open up Training Peaks or whatever you're using to to actually look at the, the the data. Yeah, it really lets you see what you accomplished and whether what you thought you did matches the reality. But even more importantly, you can use that data, mm-hmm. and that's what we'll talk about how planning out your next season. So we had a good discussion this morning. And we yep, kind of share some. Ideas. some. Um, so one of the key things, though, for this to really work is you first and foremost had to have had collected, mm-hmm. accurate, and consistent data over the course of at least the last summer months, if not the entire last like season, you know, the last year. Um, you know, if you've been doing this a while, like, I mean, I have like 12 years of d- data in, tra- in my training peaks of all the CTL and all that kind of stuff. And with that, I mean, I know very precisely from a numbers standpoint, um, and the numbers aren't set in stone in terms of like, if you hit this number or whatever, like you're going to achieve this result. Mm -hmm. It's not nearly cut and dry like that, but it's certainly a very good guiding light to follow. And it allows you to set goals to strive for and, and keep you motivated at least in training. So number one, make sure you've collected data. Um, and then also make sure or, you know, hope that that data is reasonably accurate. Um, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, if your FTP is set incorrectly in training peaks, your TSS can get skewed. Can be skewed, right. And that's, that is an argument for testing every few months. Right. To make sure you're on track with, yeah, that. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, for some folks, this may be the one learning point is like, oh, I didn't upload every single workout all year like I should have. Or, right. oh, I didn't test frequently enough to get make sure my FTPs were correct in training peaks or whatever software you're using. Oh, I didn't maybe do this quite right. So take those maybe as a, as a learning case to, you know, as you move into this next year, it's like you do get to sort of start fresh again and do your best to make sure you record every workout, everything's as accurate as you possibly can get it, and keeping it consistent throughout Those the year. Those are great takeaways, Cody. So yeah, go do a test now before you take your rest and start afresh with collecting data. Just set your computer to upload automatically so it's not one more step for you to do. And just know that what we're talking about, like kind of analyzing year to year is not like January through December necessarily. Right. We actually analyze our data and we did today for me from like basically mid-September to mid-September. Because that's for most people in the Northern Hemisphere, kind of the training year. Right. Yeah. You so, usually start training September, October, November. Yeah. Onward, race through the summer, and then finish around September, October. Right. So you so. can start start afresh. Like if you're going to do the baseball program with us, just commit to like collecting all the data and you're going to feel really good about that part. Yeah, absolutely. And then you'll have more insights on, on the next year. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So let's continue speaking as if we've got good data um, collected. And also, let's continue speaking as if uh, you are a Training Peaks user. So, not all of, of you probably are Training Peaks users, but we are, and that's how we deliver all our training programs and coach all our athletes. It's kind of the original, and in my opinion, the best training app, training platform online there is. But there are many other options, um, and and many of those options, from the little bit I've explored them, is like they have very similar graphs and charts and data collection as training peaks because they're essentially kind of striving to model themselves mm-hmm. after training peaks. So the language may be slightly different if you're using a different program, um, but I think you'll be able to kind of figure this out. And honestly, I think the majority of you probably use training peaks anyway. So 
Um, so to, to get a grasp on how to best analyze your season, um, you want to first get into your Training Peaks account, go click on your dashboard, which gives you the area where there are the graphs and charts. Um, if you've never used this before, there might not be much on your dashboard at the moment. But then there's a little icon to the far left that has like a little three bar graph icon. You click on that and then it opens a drop down menu of like, there's a lot of data in there. I mean, almost too much in some respects. But um, to me, from, from a season review standpoint, the two useful charts is the performance management manager chart or the PMC. Um, and that one's one of the first ones to choose. So that's kind of their primary chart. That, that you should kind of have on your dashboard at all times. And it's also on your phone app if you're using the Training Peaks phone app. Um, and that's the one with the CTL, the TSB, like the where you can kind of see like your fitness growing and whatnot. So someone would just click and drag over onto their screen. Yes. Because that baffled me for a second too. So okay, just right. click and pull it over into like the square of your screen. Exactly. And you'll it'll pop up. And I think they automatically make – that one might just always be on there. But if it's not, find it, performance manager chart, drag it over, and it pops up. Um, and then the other useful one, which we'll talk about a little bit later, is the – um, weekly TSS chart. So um, I think it, in the drop-down menu, it was like uh, TSS by week, I think is what it was called. Um, and you drag that one over as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So once you have those two charts over there, the next step is make sure to set the dates that you're viewing in that chart, in that graph to applicable dates. So like we just mentioned, we set ours, since this is currently now like the end of our season we just set it to um a year ago from now all the way up to yesterday essentially it's sunday and that gives us a full 12 months of what our training has looked like over the last year okay um because the just make sure the dates are accurate because yours initially were like from 2017 yeah to uh, who knows why it defaulted <laughs> to that so yeah. i had to click around for a bit to change it to what i wanted yeah so you change those dates um, you should be able to figure it out, but there's a little hamburger menu um, that you click on. It opens up. You choose the date, um, choose the custom date one, and then go in and set. You could do actually the last, there's one called last year, and it'll take the last 12 months from the point you do that. Mm-hmm. Or go to custom dates. And if you know you started training for the 20, 2020 season, October 1st, just set click on October 1st as the start. And then if you're finishing this week, Click that day in 2020 to, as right. you're finishing. I'm sure people can figure yeah. it out. So finish that, figure that part out. Um, and then the other little step to, to make sure you do, once that populates, is take a quick glance. And if there's any like radical spikes or dips, mm-hmm. um, that's a red flag that you're probably <laughs> right. missing data or there's duplicate data or something's wrong there. So go back and just double check your data on any kind of like right. abnormally looking So that happened to me. We we pulled up 2018 as a reference to compare to 2020. Right. Because 2019 was a wash for me with my injury. And we noticed this giant red. Oh, it, it was when we were in the weekly TSS. But we noticed this giant red column going to the sky. And it had like 1,200 TSS. I have never done 1,200 TSS. Right. So that was a red flag. <laughs> so, yeah. Then just went back and looked. So and, we went back into the calendar. And, yeah. You had to go back in the week. calendar. And sure enough, I, I guess like Sophia's Wahoo had uploaded into my computer. Maybe my, she borrowed your Wahoo or something. Who the hell knows? But yeah, I had 
double the rides. There was a point where she broke her Wahoo in the middle, and so she probably borrowed yours, yeah. and then that got uploaded to your account, like double. So, yeah, so you figured it out. Um, I had a similar situation where data just wasn't, it looked skewed, and I went back and figured out I was getting, like, intensity factor values that were super high for like just a like five or six strength training workouts i don't know how it got populated um but it skewed things but i went back and identified it and took it out okay it's back to normal so so double check your data if anything looks strange um in that yeah so in regards to the performance management chart and we've talked about this before so i'm going to breeze through this relatively quickly but you have three graphical lines on that graph the primary one is the blue line and it's backfilled in most cases and it's the ctl chronic training load also sometimes referred to as your quote fitness what that is is it's calculating on a rolling 42 day average of your tss scores your training stress scores from your daily workouts so that's why it's important you're uploading every workout there is accurate tss as possible because then those get added and averaged out, and that's mm-hmm. what creates that CTL um, graphic going up. So that one will that one in in the perfect world, you're trying to build your fitness up over the base season from a low point to a high point, and then bring it back down some as you go into a race. That's put very simply, but kind of what you're looking for. The other line is the pink line, which is your acute training load. ATL, that one is basically telling you how tired you are or how stressful the most recent workouts have been. And so if you do a big workout and you get a lot of TSS on a given day that's like way above your normal average TSS, you'll see like a spike in that line going Mm -hmm. up, meaning you did a lot of work, you've stressed yourself, you're probably tired, and you've acquired acute training load. Um, And that's what that is. Then the inverse of that is the yellow line, which is the TSB, which is training stress balance. And that line is telling you how sort of fresh you are. Um, where I, I think of it as like your readiness to perform. Mm, that's a good way to put it. Readiness to perform. So it's the opposite of the pink line. The pink line, and they literally are opposites if you look at them. There's inverse of each other. Okay. So when the pink line goes up, the yellow line goes down and vice versa. So if you do a big TSS day, you're tired. You Now the next day you're likely not ready to perform a, a, mac, you know, a, a high quality effort. And then when you rest more, the pink line comes down, the yellow line goes up. That's when you're coming into like readiness to perform or ready to peak for an event kind of thing. Okay. Um, So those are kind of jig-jagging all over the place. Yeah. And then you have this kind of like a blue mountain, a light blue mountain in the background that's your your CTL that's hopefully ramping up. Hopefully it's becoming a mountain rather than a plateau. (laughs) Right, because we saw on my chart it was actually more of like, yeah, a plateau, where yours was a lovely mountain range. Right, right. So... As you train, as you build fitness, you're progressing through training. You're doing gradually more, whether that's more volume or more intensity. You're accumulating more training stress, TSS, Mm -hmm. and that will gradually increase that blue line, showing you're you're gaining fitness. Um, So you do want that to go up, you know, and eventually you reach a point and then you want it to come down. So that's one of the things you're going to be looking at. Now you kind of got an idea of what Mm -hmm. this graph is. So when you're reviewing your season, 
you want to look at things like how successful were you at building your fitness over the base training months. And so what do you mean by that? Like, what does that mean? It, very much what we just said. If if that blue line, the CTL line is gradually growing and there will be little blips down where you have like a recovery day mm-hmm. or even a recovery week. Um, or if you miss training because of work or a like family Christmas vacation. Week or something, yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely a little dips down. It's not continual. It's not linearly straight up uh, or angled up. But it should be progressing over the four to six months of base training upwards, mm-hmm. right? And you can hover your like the cursor over certain points or or dips of the line and and see what that value what is. the value is and like yours was a really noticeable like it started down lower i can't remember exactly what yours was like 50 or something and then mm-hmm. by the end of base training what were you at do you remember um well so yeah i started shoot i started around 70 um ctl and then over the course of six months built up to about 110 as a peak. So you went up about 50 CTL points in six months. Right. And just at a glance, comparatively to mine, it was very different. Like mine was just like this little rolling plane. Yeah, you had some ups, but they were often followed by some downs. And yeah, yeah and it, it was like mind blowing. I was like, wow. Like I felt like I've, I got in really good training and I rode my bike a lot. But the reality is right in front of me. My fitness did not grow much. It it just grew in like these little teeny baby steps. Right. And then you lose like a, some. Yep. Because you had to take time off. And we'll get into that. But um, So that's one way of looking at it. If that blue line over the course of your base training months, however mm-hmm. many months those were, if that blue line was progressing upwards over the course of the, the big picture, that means you likely were successful in building your base fitness. If it was staying relatively steady, very up and down, um, or certainly declining, then obviously your base fitness was not developed optimally. Um, so that gives you an idea there. Um, you can also look at, you know, how many weeks of training did you do, but essentially how long was your base and to allow for that growth in CTL. So assuming you saw an upward trajectory, what was that point? You know, like I mentioned before, I started around 70, got up to about 110 over six months. Um, those are the answers to that question, mm-hmm. right? So from there, you can figure out what kind of ramp rate that is. So I think I actually calculated it out. It was about 10, like nine CTL points per month of base training. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's the ramp rate. So a ramp rate is like, how much does your CTL go up or I guess down if it's negative, but how much does it go up over X amount of days? So in the training peaks app desktop and on your phone, it'll, it has a little display of your seven day, like your weekly ramp rate. Like how many um, CTLs did you go up in a week? It has a month or four weeks. It has three months and it has over the, from a year ago where you're at too so it's interesting information in there too but you want to look and see what sort of ramp rate did you achieve last year and then was it good like did you actually improve the way you wanted to improve so in other words like with practical numbers if your ramp rate was only like one ctl point per week and that means four for the month you probably aren't going to see much of like an upward trend in your fitness right and yours was averaging, it sounds like, around three. 
As two in, to three per yeah, week. Because keep in mind, in general, we design our programs following kind of the classic of like three weeks of good training and then a recovery mm-hmm. week. So you might I might be gaining five points a week, but then losing maybe five in a recovery week. So over the course of the month, that's only a net of about 10. Okay. Right? And that's a pretty accurate to what it was. I think it was like nine per month. So... So, well, I think your math's off a little bit because five five a week times three weeks would be 15. 15 oh, minus, minus five. five. Oh, my math is off. Okay. Is 10. Gotcha. Over the month. That makes sense. Yeah, because like I said earlier, there's going to be ups and little downs, but you always want the ups to be a little bigger mm-hmm. than the downs, so you're so, trending upward. Yeah, over I guess where I was going with that is that you want to do enough work that your ramp rate increases, so therefore your fitness increases. But you don't want to do so much that, like, for me, then it was like I'd do too much one week and then I'd have to take a big rest and then too much. And then so my ramp rate, I didn't pick the right number or something. Right, right. And I was very all over the place. Yeah, so we can learn from that and and attempt to make your progressions more subtle but also more, like, consistent consistent and dense over the weeks of the month. Gotcha. Um, so then the question with that ramp rate, you know, was it successful for you or was it stressful? So again, if your ramp rate is too steep over like the base period, then, you know, and it wasn't successful, like maybe you got sick at the end or maybe you um, just didn't get the fitness you were looking for and you were just too stressed out from that, then, you know, you can back it off a little bit for the next year. Right. Because if the ramp rate is too aggressive, you're not going to be able to sustain it and therefore it's going to... Right. You're going to fail. You get injured, and, yeah. you get sick, or you just quit or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Um, then some other numbers. So another key thing is to look at is what was that max CTL value you hit at the end of your base period. So if your base period was, in fact, progressive and programmed properly and effective, you should hit the highest number at the end of the base, base period. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that number? And that'll give you an idea of what you can potentially do next year. What And did that level of fatigue in that moment, you have to kind of think back, was it appropriate? Were you completely exhausted? Then maybe that was too much of a number to hit and you'll back it down as a target for this coming year. Or did you feel really good and were hungry for more and could actually do more base training before you go into a, a specialized race preparation? Then you know... You can go a little higher. So you can either do more weeks of base. You can ramp a little more aggressively. You know, there's different ways to adjust that way. To, well, to we spent that. some time going back and looking at historical data for me, and it was really important and valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at where I was this March after base training for six months, and I my CTL was at 68. And I, I didn't, like, that really meant nothing at that moment when I looked at it. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to look at from 2019, but 2018, I went back and looked, and I think I was at 82 at the end of March. Okay. It's a big difference. That's a huge difference. Yeah. And so it just showed me that I lost more fitness than I realized, and then my my struggle to be consistent with my training, because my IT band wasn't quite fully recovered, you know, kept kept my CTL from going up to where it, it could go. So I am not discouraged by that. I'm like encouraged that if I can just keep healthy and keep consistent, I'm going to get back to like higher fitness again. Cause I, I did it two years ago. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then lastly, some things to look at in the chart is like, what, what did your CTL then drop to or, or reduce down to within your race preparation training going into a peak performance? So 
in theory, you do your, your base training or what we call our base builder program. It's like a nice steady growth in CTL. You're building that base fitness. And at the end of that, after recovery week, you go into your specialized race preparation plan. That's more specific to the event where the base training is very general. It's really for all types of cyclists where the race prep, if you're doing a mountain bike race versus a road race versus a gravel race or whatever, there's different options of training that you want to focus on. But from, from the end of that base builder period, race prep, you'll likely ramp thing, the CTL up even a little higher, a little steeper rate usually, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> to the maximum level of that whole entire build towards your A race. Then from that peak, and that's a number you want to notice too, what was that peak you achieved there? And then from there, you need to taper and kind of freshen up and bring the freshness back, get rid of the fatigue so you're ready for that peak performance. So you want to see what did what was that highest CTL number did you achieve and what did it drop down to? And then also ask yourself, did you actually achieve around a peak performance? You know, this year was weird because we didn't have races, but, you know, we used, you know, testing results or if people were interested in doing like Strava KOM attempts or whatever as our quote unquote races to see if we were peaking mm-hmm. essentially. So you kind of look at what did you achieve did things go the way you want? And what were those numbers relating to those performances? And that'll help you guide your planning for next year. Yeah, and people newer to tracking their data may have you know, nothing to look at really yet. But next year, if they keep the data, they're going to find it probably very enlightening to, to compare some numbers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll move on to the second chart. So that this is the weekly TSS or TSS by week yeah. graph. So again, make sure you set the dates correctly. Use those same dates that you just did the performance manager chart in. And then it's going to give you a bar graph rather than a line graph of each week of that year or however many months your training season was and show you what your TSS TSS was for that week. And then it will also show you your IF, which stands for intensity factor. And that is it essentially telling you how intense or was it high intensity, low intensity types of training. So okay. it's, again, it's a bar graph. There's a, the red bar is the TSS. That's the, the more important one. And then the little blue bar is that intensity factor that gives you some idea of, was it a high intensity week or was it a low intensity week or, or mid intensity? So it kind of show it lays it out. Um, so a useful tool there is there'll also be a dash dotted horizontal dotted line that is your average TSS, your average weekly TSS for that entire time period. And that's a really useful number because you can then see, use that to help plan your next season. So again, you have to figure out, was that appropriate? Did did I succeed in my goals and peak performances? If so, then, you know, you could probably stay around or maybe try to nudge the average TSS, TSS scores up a little bit. Or was it too much? You know, then, you know, you can back it down. You know, you figure out um, kind of how that worked for you. Um, Also looking at, you know, what are those tallest bars in the bar graph? You know, what was your peak TSS per week um, in that graph? And that'll give you ideas too, you know. And then also look what followed those really big peaks, right? Because with your graph, we saw some a few really big <laughs> peaks, but then they were followed by a couple weeks of very low peaks. So it's like you put in this great week of training. There was one early in the season, I recall, 
And then you needed like two weeks to recover from yeah, this. Yeah, really so that good. didn't really work out. So then you averaged that out over a few weeks, and I lost out on training opportunities because right. I did too much one week and then had to take two weeks to rest or your heal IT something. band inflamed yeah. or whatever. So so better to have done less that one week and been able to keep doing more. Yeah, it's training is all about consistency and you following a pattern of about three weeks of good consistent training and then a week to recover is kind of the gold standard of what pe- most people strive for. Some people like a two-week kind of build or progression followed by recovery, and that's personal, and you can definitely experiment with that. But but it certainly doesn't work to do one week hard and two weeks recovery. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then that's how you see those rolly CTL lines yeah. on your performance management chart because you did a great week that boosted things up, and then you have two weeks where you drop down, and, like, and it's just rolling along, and you're never really gaining that fitness that you're looking for. Um, so take a look at those peak TSS numbers. That'll give you an idea of what the peak numbers should maybe be for next year. Um, and then also sort of what we were saying is like, look at that consistency in your weekly training progressions. And and that'll let you know, did you effectively organize like your training blocks in terms of, you know, did you have these little obvious blocks of like two, three, four weeks of like, relatively high TSS above average followed by like a low week to recover below average or was it like scattered all over the place like up and down up and down Um, that means you probably weren't as effective as you could have been in organizing those training blocks and weren't as consistent as maybe somebody could have been right so take away try to improve that next year and you'll Mm -hmm. likely see big improvements I think my problem was that like had I been healthy last year, I could have done everything that was assigned to me or programmed for me. But I, I wasn't really being realistic about backing off appropriately so that I could be more consistent. So I just was all over the place. And right. that, I don't, that wasn't your fault for sure. Like that was me basically forgetting that I took a whole year off the bike. Right. And so that that's a tough one. But I think, we, I think seeing, seeing a whole year visually... Um, yeah, it really helps me. And I'm going to, I'm like renewed in my motivation to, to be more realistic about what I can do and be more consistent in my training. Yeah, absolutely. And the great news is, is someone in your case where you're looking at your, your charts and whatnot, and you're like, oh, these aren't as good as I thought they would, mm-hmm. would be. Yeah. In some respects, that's good news because you can, you can put the effort in to improve that next year For and sure. your fitness and ability performance will improve. Yeah, and it ties back into why I was sort of disappointed about my lookout climb. It's like I could I could muster an awesome four-minute effort, but for me to sustain a really intense effort for almost 30 minutes just, just kind of the revealed the lack of fitness right. that I wasn't really conscious of. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, th- those are the two key thing, two charts I would... Yeah, they were really good to look at. Yeah, really dig into and look at. Um, and I've attached, like I mentioned earlier, two screenshots, um, with some annotations on them regarding my training progressions for this last year. And, um, you know, if you look at those, not to like toot my own horn or whatever, but like my base builder was pretty, pretty darn good. I mean, there were were ups and downs accordingly, but, um, you know, one thing you'll notice is I, I had a very good six months of building that fitness, like we've already mentioned. And then subsequently, right at the end of that, 
I caught the flu. Well, you did too. I mean, we, we came down with the flu. So we ended up losing three weeks or so of training there. And there's a very noticeable, massive like dip in the fitness. And that kind of just was like this unintended mid, early mid-season break that was forced upon us. And then you can very clearly see, well, I noted in there where like the whole COVID thing escalated and the lockdown. And that's when we switched over and decided we're going to just do another round of base training. And that's where the aerobic booster plan and anaerobic booster plans kind of came out. And you can see those very clearly, the consistency in those progressions and Mm -hmm. builds. Um, And it's really interesting, and I've talked about this before, is that with the season of no racing, the training was so consistent. Mm -hmm. Like I could never produce, from, from March on, I could never produce that clear and and consistent of progressions of the of the ramps ups and downs as there is on these charts Um, because when you have racing it interferes and you have to rest more and and you have more of the like spikes and fluctuations but here it's very clear you can see our aerobic booster block our anaerobic booster block you see the little peak in fitness i had in um at the end of at the beginning of june and then our mid-season break, it declines. And then you see our, our season salvation plan where the fitness builds back up to an even higher level. And then subsequently some peaks in fitness following, you know, that I just recently went through. So, um, Well, this, this proves why the, the base building time is crucial. It's absolutely essential to race well because you can't get in better shape in a normal race season. Exactly. The time to get in shape is now like October through March. Right. You nailed it on the head. I mean, and, and I've said this for years. It's like, and, and I'm not the only one who said this. This is common knowledge that you, you gain fitness, you get faster in the base season. Mm-hmm. And because, mostly because you are not racing, so you don't have those interruptions. So you can lay down very consistent training. Right. And if it's programmed effectively like I feel like ours is where it starts very low very achievable in terms of the load and each month it just builds upon itself and you're building that load well your fitness follows that and it just builds 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 and then you're ready for a race season and then you have the ability to have interruptions and you plan your a races and your b races and we'll talk more about that in the future but um not having races, it's sort of like I got to do three cycles of base this year. We all did, and um, subsequently gained a lot of fitness. Yeah. And even you gained a lot of fitness over where you were a year no, ago. No, for sure. Yeah. And and I I feel so excited about like the aerobic growth that I had that I could hold 181 watts for 20 minutes yeah. at my 80 percent max heart rate. I that's amazing. I'm I'm really hopeful and encouraged just, just to keep riding my bike and it makes me excited to get back on my bike in October and like go do those fun long slow rides where we go up to Evergreen or out to wherever. Right, right. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into where we are now. So you want to take that break like we talked about in the last episode because it's sometimes it's easy to look at all these charts and things and then suddenly get really remotivated, but definitely make sure you take your break. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll ease back into things and it's all then about laying out the proper progression. And that's where maybe some of the questions may come from of like, okay, now I've got all this interesting data. How do I apply it to my coming season? Um, as sort of a shameless plug, if you were to follow our base builder program or one of our base builder plans, the progressions are built in for you automatically. Now you might need to, or want to go in and adjust the overall training volume. And we'll talk about how to do that because it's very doable. And then you are now armed with some numbers, some data 
to target how much TSS you should do each week, how much, mm-hmm. you know, each month, what should that ramp rate look like, you know, so you can set clear cut goals and progressions that'll keep you motivated and on track from now until next spring, essentially. So um, one of the big values of just joining a program like ours or just having a coach or, or any good quality training plan. But um, obviously we're biased to our program. <laughs> and a lot of what we'll talk about in future episodes will be consisting, pertaining exactly to, to our, our program and how to make it work for you. So um, good. I hope that kind of made sense. If, if, if this is interesting to you, check, definitely check out our article um, on our website. And um, I'm going to post up, maybe we should post something up about yours, your oh, Lordy. charts okay. and things. Well, just all so right. people can see what we're talking about. You just want to make yourself look better? <laughs> well, it's all about learning. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Yep, I have them in numbers. You can help me figure out what we're going to post. And then I'm going to post one up that'll show, literally show the base builder progression in these same charts. And assuming as long as you, the listener, the athlete, follows the plan that's what your fitness progression would look like, right? Yeah, now, of sure. course, that's easier said than done because life is tricky and there's snowstorms and there's you know holidays and all those sorts of things. But if you have a really good outline and something to try your best to adhere to, mm-hmm. your likeliness of being successful is that much greater. Well, even though on some level I wasn't successful in being as consistent as I needed to be to show that to have that blue mountain go up instead of being more of a, a plateau, I still am fitter than I was at the beginning of the year. Right. And I'm all, my, my, at least my testing numbers are almost as, like back where they, where they were. I just need to build up that endurance again. So um, it's not a complete waste if you don't do a perfect graph like Cody does. I mean, no. you're still going to get more fit. Well, it's yeah. just helpful to have the accountability. And in regards to your graph and – we don't have the visual to show people, but it, it, the base period was that rolly flat mm-hmm. plateau that was a little disappointing. But then you pulled it together. Once actually, once we recovered from the flu, so basically starting <laughs> April, and COVID, the lockdown was here, so our, there was no racing. We were just training, and then you pulled it together, and yeah, you I had did. some solid progressions from yeah, there. And that's where this fitness that you're experiencing right now came from. Is that? Mm-hmm. But now we want to double down and get the the long, gradual base progression coming in to this coming fall and winter, right? And then build upon that, and you'll yeah, be at a higher level. Yeah, it's going to be great. So it's all about progression of building on top yeah, of the layers. Of the fitness. layers, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm actually so glad I I pulled up, up those charts and had you like walk me through them because um, it, it motivated me. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if anyone has questions, send them on over to us, uh, Cody at teamweight.com or Kathy at teamweight.com, and it could stimulate more conversation about these really important concepts. Yeah, they're really good. We've kind of breezed through things fairly quickly. It's semi-technical, a lot of acronyms, if nothing else. <laughs> if you have questions, yeah, send an email to me. I'm happy to answer them directly, and then um, we can talk about them on the next couple of podcasts as well, because likely if you have a question – Somebody else out there in podcast land also has a question. So, um, the, you know, the same or similar question. So definitely send them over. We enjoy getting them. We'll talk about them. It gives us stuff to talk about in the coming weeks as well. And um, I don't mind pointing anyone in the right direction of how to use this data and make yourself a faster cyclist. <laughs> um, very cool. All right. Um, please do subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. <clears throat> pardon me, iTunes and Google Podta- 
podcast. Leaving a, a rating and a review is very helpful for us. So gratitude for those who have taken the time to do that, and we'd love to get some more. Absolutely. All right. Is that it? That's it. Okay, we have to go prepare for the snowstorm that's coming in. Yes, it's been in the 90s the last three or four days, and supposedly it's going to snow tonight. Yeah, it's so bizarre. So you have to drive out to your mom's house in Elizabeth and winterize the RV. Right, because it's going to be crazy. out there. The forecast says like in the 20s for a good 12 hours or something. I'm, having, I'm really struggling to like believe this, but it has to be. It's bizarre. It's okay. still summertime. I mean, we so literally weird. haven't even left summer, and we have a possible winter storm. So stay warm out there. <laughs> And we'll talk to you real soon. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.